You're listening to Dirty Feet, a dance podcast. I'm Allison Burns. This week I have a return guest. I'm going to be speaking again with Sylvie Dorostier, and this is because we had a great conversation about uh, the School of Dance Contemporary program a little while back, but... Uh, we didn't get to talk about her at all, and she is an artist in her own right and has uh, a rich career history, and uh, I wanted the opportunity to talk about that. So thank you again, Sylvie. Thank you. And uh, let's start with um, why you began dancing. What sparked your passion for dance? Oh, my God. Well, I think I I started dancing at a young age. Um, But I think I was uh, very soon interested in creating dance because I can easily remember being 13, 14 years old and making my friends in the dance studio do my, my choreographies when we had breaks or things like that. So I think there was always um, an interest in creation. So I was dancing when I was young and at some point I did quit dancing and I studied visual art. But again, see, it was that creation aspect that was uh, really um, uh, interesting me. And at that time, the, f- the thing is, dance was a lot more, um, uh, you know, we were in the 70s, 80s, dancing in unitards. And it's almost like the world I was dancing in was not the one interesting me, but it was going to be the next world of dance that would have been an en- an interest to me but then i was uh, more of a choreographer in that next world of dance you know uh so um so i did dance professionally a little bit but i switched to concentrating on creating on others and with others um uh quite soon after i started this career in dance and you, you currently have Dorsal Dance, which is your, your own company um, that you are artistic director of. Uh, but this, you've only been running this company for a few years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, uh, what happened is I, I pretty much always worked under being an independent choreographer and doing projects here and there and here and there. And that's actually fine. Uh, the thing is, sometimes when you have the structure of a company, you can look for uh, funding in different places so it maybe open opens up where you can find funding and also it provides you with you know having a uh, how do you call that a conseil a, a conseil d'administration like oh, you, a board. you have your board and yeah. they're there to help you and so maybe you feel more supported with with having a structure to work within and uh, so i I guess, so the company is not that old, maybe 2008 is when we founded the company. And we're still, though, working project to project, because I still have to direct the the contemporary dance program at the School of Dance, so I can't give myself full-time to the company. But uh, it's it's good enough to allow me to do the professional works I want to do. and the touring I want to do with that work and things. So when, when you made that change in 2008, was that um, because of your career or was that because of outside forces? Was that the industry that made you decide it was time to start your own company? 
it's it's more the funding maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like like to uh uh because there's funding that you can't uh this is changing though already though is that there's there used to be grants that if you're not a company you couldn't apply to as with the new Canada Council uh, the format, model, the, yeah. the new model, that is already changing. But uh, yeah, in a way, that's what made me decide on. But uh, there's also maybe having that, you know, a name of a company instead of always the name of the choreographer or, you know, mm-hmm. that's mm. nice also to to have to think about uh, a company name and... So, so in that case, uh, where did Dorsal come from? And then what does, uh, what does your branding look like? What do you feel like links your works together other than the fact that they are yours? Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the thing is, first of all, Dorsal has to do with the back and the, um, uh, let, let's say the, the spine, but it's, it's also the ridge in the ocean uh, is uh, dorsal and, um, And in my work, there is a lot of uh, metaphor between humans and nature elements. Uh, And it's been, you know, uh, I have a piece that's called glass, which is ice. I have a piece that's called flow, which is, is, uh, you know, uh, waves. Uh, We have volteface, which was a lot um, of the feeling of, uh, I was inspired by the tsunami that happened in the... In Japan? Uh, yes. So I think I link in the, in Douce Tourmente, uh, the duet with Marc Boivin and Heidi Strauss, there's a lot of images of birds. So I do a lot of linking um, more uh, earth feeling with the human soul so i mixed the two you know kind of thing so that's why that name was working because it had it mixed the body and the ocean mm. mm-hmm. excellent it's <laughs> a very satisfying answer sometimes it's it's harder to get a to get a straight answer for that question i'm i'm wondering uh where each work starts then like for example with heidi and mark did you start with birds or did you start with your cast Whoa, um, um, I would say I started with the dancers. Mm. Well, actually, in the piece, there's the ideas of birds, but there's also the ideas of mountains and things like that, uh, because that piece is a lot of um, uh, a journey through uh, two people, and what they have to live together. That piece, actually, interestingly enough, it's one of the pieces that was inspired uh, at first by uh, an event. And it's a friend of mine that died of cancer, and I spent a lot of time with them, the couple, as they were living through the last year of, uh, you know, knowing that you're going to die, you know, and and having children and how the children are dealing with that and all of that. So I think with Mark and Heidi, I had that image in my mind, which made me go into the images of mountains and birds. And so the fragility, the the sturdiness, the having to rely on each other and, 
so there's a lot of images like that in that duet, but for sure the journey is lived through the two performers. And I think for them also, they start the piece and they know they're, they're like leaving for an hour and it's going to be a journey and, you know, things will change as it goes. Uh, one evening is never the same as the next one, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then in a circumstance like that, uh, are, you, are you making your performers aware of, of all the background to, to the work that you're putting together and trying to create all your inspirational sources? Uh, well, yeah, they were, uh, because we did discuss the event uh, with them, and since we're all, we're not, you know, uh, uh, those performers aren't 20 years old, so they've all lived situations like that. Uh, what I found interesting is still, still now when they perform it, they'll argue of who's the one dying. <laughs> <laughs> like, like because because there's it's not literal as a piece. Right. So depending on what you've lived in your life, you have the feeling someone is leaving someone, but you get confused on who's the who's leaving who or what's the the actual situation. Yeah. Perhaps to further illustrate your creative process, can we talk about your your latest work? That's a that's a group piece. Um, yes. that you're putting together. Can you tell us a bit about how that got started? Uh, yeah, so this is a, a new piece with five dancers. Um, and um, hmm. it's interesting. I, I started that one with um, not much one thing. I started with asking, asking them, what frustrates you? in the universe we're in today, you know? And I gave the example that for me, knowing that some people don't have food, when other peoples are making millions and millions of dollars and there's so much garbage, I can't understand that. I just can't, you know? It, if a society lets that happen, it's ridiculous. You have human beings starving? Come on, you know? So there's things like that where you go, where are we going with that? So that was my first question to them. And I had them create on this, um, uh, this uh, subject matter. And, uh, but then I also asked them what was their favorite flower. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of working on that double side thing, like there's, there's things that are horrible in life, and then there's those so wonderful things that happen. And where are, do we fit in that? And how do we go from one feeling to the other? And and how one thing hides from this from the other, or things like that. So that's where I'm going with that. But we've had only two weeks of creation now. We're starting a, a two weeks in March. And we actually have a fundraiser evening, March 24, a Friday. And it's a joint fundraiser for um, the School of Dance, Contemporary Dance Program, and the um, Dorsal Dance. And we'll, we will present a sneak peek of that new work at that moment. Great. And, and with the frustrations and the flowers, you have the humanity and nature again. Exactly. Running by exactly. side by side. Mm -hmm. For, so so once, you, once you've asked this question of your performers, 
Um, do you ask for answers in a physical form? Uh, yes. Okay. Physical and sometimes also, um, it can be also um, words because I do u use voice sometimes. Like I didn't use voice in Mark and Heidi's piece, but it happens that I, I do use text. So um, in this case, I was using some words and some movement. And uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about some of the other uh, work that you've done kind of since discovering that you were a creator to starting Dorsal Dance, that time in between as a independent choreographer. Um, what kind of work were you getting and seeking? Hmm. Um, well, it's interesting because at first, I think one big thing in the 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 journey of a creator is um, maybe at first I was trying to tell stories and eventually I kind of went blank, blank on that and I said, well, I'm going to see what my movement wants to say to me. So uh, there was a series of work um, which actually was under a trilogy vestibulaire, which uh, Lana Morton was dancing in there, and Yvonne Kutz danced there, and Tanya White. And uh, so then I went to, okay, just movement, and we see what the movement will tell us. And then I would follow what the movement would tell me, which in fact is my own story, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think then from there, I kind of find my way back into being able to talk about events without saying too much of a story. Because I want the piece to have more of a fluid expression and a way for people to come in with their own experiences. As if the story's too rigid, then there's no way in, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, that makes me think about um, this question I've been asking myself recently about the dance that you do alone in a room, the dance that you do on stage, and you charge people to see it. Um, so <laughs> where, where in your, uh, I don't know if it's in your creative process or even in your planning, do you decide, okay, this is something for the stage versus something that's just an enjoyable process? Hmm. Uh, well, I think I think at some point when you start, I think it's good to always think that you're in your room and you're doing it for your own enjoyment and your own uh, creative output. And then eventually, I think eventually the piece will f will tell you, "I want to be a piece." You know, as things starts to gather together, then you feel, oh yeah, I know where that piece, you know, you can feel the piece wanting to form. And that's when I think, that's when you get your composer involved and everything involved, because there's a sense of, you will see where you're going. But I think at first it's important to not think too much about where you're going. When I was in high school here in Ottawa at, uh, 
Canterbury, mm-hmm. you ended up actually choreographing for my graduating class. <laughs> um, so this is something that you do every now and again, go into the, yes. the arts high school and yes. choreograph. Mm-hmm. How does that feel, choreographing with young, unprofessional Well, dancers? it's very interesting because I used to do a lot of that. Like, I remember... Um, uh, when you were at Canterbury High School, like I, I would go maybe every two years and create a piece on the student there. And I did some for the La Salle and I did a lot of creating on student. And then with the program, I stopped doing that because I was creating on the students here, um, which I think one of the thing is you, you go in the process with a different goal and Actually, there, the goal is right away, this will go on stage. Mm -hmm. And so there's maybe less time for playing around, but you'll kind of try to get organized quicker into creating a piece where you can see all the students get challenges, but that they will succeed in uh, facing those challenges. Uh, but I, I usually find it interesting because I love to see young people grow. And I think within a process with like high school student, they grow so quickly into the work, like it's amazing. But I actually went last year again to Canterbury and I created a piece last year um, on the grade 11. And I think for me at that point was was the big element was like a 15 dancers oh my <laughs> god because I, I feel I had lost the 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 recipes to work with that many dancers you know because here I always work with smaller groups <laughs> so let's yeah let's take it up a tier and talk about the difference between choreographing on the pre-professional program at the school of dance versus your professionals. So as as both their teacher and their choreographer, do you uh, approach the process differently? Um, I have to admit, yes, a little bit. And maybe because it's more because I'm also the director of the program. So I know within the year, with the guest choreographers I have, the kind of work they'll be working on. And the guest choreographer, I ask them to always treat that like a process that they would normally have, you know? So then for me, sometime I'll think about what will they have not worked on, and maybe I'll try to integrate that in the piece I'm creating on them. So. I have to say that it, it is a little bit different than you than doing my own work. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, it's about the challenges and making sure everybody has its challenges and that they can face those challenges. As when I work with professionals, it's not about that. You know, it's, it's about, about the work, work. Yeah. exactly. Not, which is not to say you're not taking care of your performers, I'm sure, but that yeah. the priority mm-hmm. for everybody in the room is the is, piece. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we know about the March 20th um, fundraiser that uh, that's coming up. Is there anything else uh, on your radar that uh, we should know about? Well, uh, not not really in the sense that probably that piece will be produced next year, next season. I'm not sure when. 
so I can't like announce, uh, you know, <laughs> an event <laughs> yet for next year, but it's going to be produced sometime next year. Yeah. Having lived the majority of your career in Ottawa, can you, um, and I've asked this already of so many of my Ottawa interviews, but give us an idea of your impressions of the dance industry here in the city. Okay. Well, I think, I think, um, the dance industry here, um, because I've been here a long time, I think there's, there was the ups and downs, uh, if you think about it, uh, in, uh, I'm saying the early 80s, but so we used to have Le Groupe de la Place Royale, Ottawa Ballet Company, uh, um, uh, Judy Davies used to have the dance center company. So there was three companies, big companies in Ottawa, and then there was funding cuts, and then some of them went down or moved. Or So I think it was up, and then it went down, and then there was Le Groupe Dance Lab um, folding that also suddenly left a hole, and then... Uh, I was one of the founding member of uh, Ottawa Dance Directive, so then we we really wanted to get something happening for the community, and we uh, we did at that point we did uh, uh, a lot of consultation with the community to see what were the needs and and all of that. Um, and then we found it odd. And at the same time, though, Annick Bouvret started her company and we have Propeller. And so I think there's um, there's things happening here. There's room for more, I think. And that's what is interesting, especially for emerging artists, is there is room for, for uh, other things. Um, I think we still have to work a lot on developing the audience because there was a lot of uh, movement towards the suburbs for people and suddenly it's all the theaters in the suburbs that are having the big houses and in town you have less big houses and but i think that's something that's shifting right now there's uh, also the nac presenting national oh yeah companies yeah. and that's a big it's a plus and it's the minus at the same time because we get to see stuff that uh, you know even sometimes Montreal and Toronto don't get to see, which is amazing. But then our audience is used to going to the NAC. That's it. Mm -hmm. So once they've seen, because there's so many dance performances at the NAC, one, once they've seen, you know, six or eight performance a year, they don't have time to see more. So we have to make sure that uh, we're targeting the people that are interested in what their own artists are doing, mm -hmm. like their own community is doing. Mm -hmm. Because the value is, um, it's not because the, it's the NAC that it has greater value than what we create, you know. Uh, it's just you have to take the time to look for what's being crea created locally. But uh, I think uh, I think maybe somewhere here there's the challenge that every community is having, which is um, uh, going to live arts. You know, people are not consuming live art the way the way maybe we used to, or um, and that I think is everywhere uh, a little bit with 
everything that's happening on the medias that it's easy to stay home and see everything you need to see, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I've been hearing that a lot. Mm-hmm. Is there anything left to say? Well, the, the good thing is, yeah, let's see live art and let's, let's live in Ottawa where there's room to do lots of things and, uh, and there's great artists around. So yay, Ottawa. Yay. <laughs> I've been speaking with Sylvie Terrossier, uh, who is the artistic director of Dorsal Dance and also the director of the contemporary dance program at the School of Dance and a general choreographer herself and teacher. Uh, if you want to hear more from Sylvie, you should back up a couple episodes and listen to the School of Dance episode where we talk about the program that she is the director of. Uh, Sylvie, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for inviting me. You've been listening to Dirty Feet. I'm Alison Burns with a few thank yous. First to Paula Flalo in the No More Radio Network. Also to Mainline Theatre and Montreal Improv Theatre. And to all present and past team members who can be found on our website, dirtyfeetpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Stick around for a preview of our upcoming episode. For me... And really, I think for our propeller community, integrated dance means that we're creating a space as a community of artists um, for people of all abilities to come together, have a space to learn, and have a space to create. So um, I'm really interested in creating socially engaged dance, dance that is meaningful in its expression, meaningful in the stories that we tell and the abstract (laughs) art that we create.